We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday morning. Hope everyone is uh, having a great weekend, getting ready for summer, uh, all that good stuff. My name is Steve, and I'm the host, as always, and joining me is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing this morning? Uh, doing pretty well, but I'm, I'm very alone and lonely over here. My fiance left for her bachelorette party with my sisters, her sisters, her cousins, and her friends, and all that. Um, and she took the dog because the Airbnb allows dogs. So it's just me <laughs> by myself. And so yesterday I just went to 7-Eleven after going out to dinner with my parents. And I just like got junk food and soda. Like I had a cactus <laughs> cooler for the first time in a long time. Oh, nice. I just, yeah, I just kind of like sat on my bed and ate some junk food and, and drank some uh, soda. And I went to sleep. And I went to the gym this morning, and now I'm here. So I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. Um, but if that's any indication, I'm getting 10 pounds. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, I mean, you could go see another movie by yourself. <laughs> no, I refuse to do that. I will not see a movie by have myself. Have you never done that before? I've done that several times. No, I have like, friends, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> that's so rude. <laughs> I have friends too, man, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Uh, no, I've, I've never seen... A movie by myself i've gone to lunch by myself before and that is lovely going and sitting at like your favorite sushi joint and just like chilling having lunch you know in between work and school whatever 
That's nice. I've never seen a movie by myself before because I feel like that puts me on a list and I can't work in schools if I'm on that list. So um, <laughs> I don't want to go sit watching. What was the last movie you saw by yourself? Uh, I went and saw John Wick 4 by myself. <laughs> you just like cheered by yourself? just like and just, Well, because like, my like... wife doesn't like movies like that. And oh. um, I just like we had the we had like a random day off from work and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go see John Wick by myself. It was great. <laughs> Hey, honestly, though, if it's as hot as you say it is up there, I would be seeing movies by myself all the time. Like, <laughs> find a cold movie theater and watch some movies. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, high of 97 today up here in Fresno. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, those of you in the chat, if you've seen a movie by yourself, uh, let us know. Because uh, I feel like that should be something that more people do, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Tyler is very much a movie person, just not a movie by himself person. Uh yeah, I go with friends. I went with my sister to see Across the Spider-Verse, and it was freaking awesome. I loved yeah. it. It was so good. Um, I liked it more than the first one. It's going to make a ton of money. Um, did you see it, Steven? I have not seen it yet. I okay. I'll probably have to go see that movie by myself, too, because Brooke's going out of town next week. So, <laughs> I'll just a plane ticket down here, Steven. We'll, we'll split it. <laughs> I'll buy the movie ticket for you. You know. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, see, uh, Brandon's done it several times, he says. Uh, Abria Angel says he used to do it all the time by himself. Alan N., I love going by myself, to the, especially if the theater's empty. There we go. So I'm not alone. Martin Scorsese. Uh, Martin Nicole Scorsese? Kidman at AMC, those commercials. She, I think she's in theater by herself. Hmm. <laughs> Alex, here we go. Alex saw Batman versus Superman on his own. It was the last time I saw one by myself. You guys really all go see movies by yourself, huh? <laughs> Alex doesn't get to see many movies in theaters. Yeah, did, Alex, do you get movies like five years late? <laughs> At this point, it's like, should I not spoil Endgame for you yet? I'm kidding, but That's I'm just funny. curious if things are a little more behind. I know, like, we were just on the Thunder Down Under podcast, and that was fantastic. Like, do you what? That's the wrong one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, guy. I hope you're doing okay, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, Enemy 805 when they play like older movies. I get that. Hmm. Oh my god, I missed it, but some people from my UCI cohort had not seen Return of the King. So they went to go see it in theaters for the first oh, time when it came out nice. a couple of weeks ago. I was so bummed I missed it. And they loved it. Of course they did. Yeah. But like, oh, I would have loved to just sit there and watch someone watch Return of the King for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we um, we was on TV a couple of weeks ago and I was watching it and Brooke was like, she was at High Fitness and she came back and Return of the King was on and uh, I was watching it and she like sat down and she's like, oh, this is that movie you love, huh? And I was like, Yes, this is Lord of the Rings. Like, this is one of the best movies ever. And it was, um, it was probably like 20 minutes before Ride of the Rohirrim, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it, um, I think they were showing, um, Frodo and Sam or Frodo and, um, Schmeagol, like climbing the rocks. And she's like, this looks ridiculously stupid. And she like went upstairs. And I'm like, no, like, this is right before the best part. <laughs> she wouldn't stick around. Yeah, it's tough when, like, thankfully, my fiance loves Lord of the Rings, and typically we try to watch it, like, once a year. But I remember when I was a, a kid trying to show my sisters, 
and you know we had old like projector tv sort of thing so it's this big like three foot like in depth kind of tv like instead of a flat screen it was a projector tv i'm trying to get my sisters to get into it and they're just kind of like whatever they like it a lot more now but it was so hard it's so heartbreaking when you're trying to show someone a movie and either they don't like it yeah or they're on their phone oh i can't i can't stand that it's like and they're just like on their phone and it's like uh anyway whenever we watch a movie that i want brooke to like if she's on her phone i'm just like like staring at her i'm like come on now like let's yeah go. <laughs> did you have a okay we're like seven minutes into this now we're ruining for anyone who came <laughs> any, any chargers content was there like a movie or a show that brooke had to like in order for her to get like a pass like early on you had to show her this hmm. movie or show and you were like if you don't like this we have a significant issue here um no i mean because brooke loves sports and like on mm. our first date we actually talked about basketball stuff for like two hours like we nice uh we had actually both had like separate intramural basketball games and then we went out after that and like we just talked about basketball that day that's cool so brooke's love of sports kind of made up for anything in terms <laughs> of, like pop culture because she loves reality tv and i can't stand it um but like she's she's so good with sports that i just kind of like live with everything else mm-hmm. um when we first started dating she did not like any of the marvel stuff but she's gotten more into it um yeah. wandavision was really the thing that like got her into marvel stuff so now oh. we now we watch marvel stuff together but oh, cool. um lord of the rings she's okay with star wars um she loves the mandalorian for you know mm-hmm. the baby obviously um but yeah so i I feel like the sports is just kind of overcompensating for everything else. That's fair. Okay. Sports is good. Like as long as she at minimum, like understands like, Hey, you like sports. That's good. But the fact yeah. that she's into, it's really cool. Lord of the Rings. I mean, fine. Yeah, fine. that was, that was a tough one, but I mean, that came out when we were like little kids. And so she was, there was no way she was going to be into that. So, um, but yeah, if you guys ever see Brooke and myself at a Chargers game, like you'll be surprised because Brooke will be like yelling more than I will. Um, <laughs> so we had a we had a Chargers fan like uh, meet us at the Utah Oregon game, mm. and he like came up and was like, you know, I was gonna talk to Steven first, but like I, I gotta say, like Brooke, like you crushed it today. Like you were just like getting after it. And I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> That's it. awesome. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So there we go. All right, uh, nine minutes in, and uh, we haven't even started talking football yet. Um, that's okay. You know, it is what it is. Um, like Tyler mentioned, we did go on the Thunder uh, I'm TDU. I just always Thunder down under. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't want to say it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Australian Chargers podcast. So thank you so much to Alistair and Jack for having us on yesterday. Um, had a great conversation with them. So please go check that out. Uh, give them a follow. Give them a subscribe. Um, doing some great work down there. All right. So today we're going to talk about some uh, chargers flying under the radar, um, hidden gems, if you will, guys ready to to maybe take a leap that are not necessarily being uh, discussed very often. And then uh, we'll take some questions from you guys as well. I'm sure we'll have some great questions today, uh, you know, given the, uh, the start to the show. So it should be fun. Um all right, so the reason that we wanted to, or I wanted to talk about this is just there's a lot of, you know, top 25 player lists coming out, lots of just like general roster breakdown, com- breakdowns from, you know, national pundits coming out. 
And, uh, you know, there's certain players on the Chargers that are, are kind of being viewed as weaknesses or guys who are not necessarily getting a ton of hype right now. So I wanted to uh, give a shout out to those kind of players. So, Tyler, when you think about a player that's flying under the radar that you might be a little bit more confident in than the national consensus might be looking at the Chargers roster, who's the first player that comes to mind for you? Ooh, so I think if we're talking national consensus, if you ask media members who don't know anything about the Chargers because they don't follow them, they would say the issue with the run defense last year was the interior defensive line, which, mm. sure, not that they were perfect, and there was a few games where Jerry Tillery was playing, so sure, like, yeah, there were moments where that was the issue, but I think the player that isn't being talked about that should be talked about more, but there's there's always somebody else, right? Everyone wants Gerard Clark, yay, or they signed or they drafted Matlock or they signed Williams or Otita might come back. But I think Austin Johnson is a player that nobody's really talking about anymore that I think they really do mm-hmm. because to start the season last year, even though maybe the numbers weren't exactly there, he was by far and away the best interior defender that they had, especially in terms of a two-way player. Maybe someone else is better against the run. Maybe someone was a better pass rusher. But Austin Johnson was legitimately their best interior defensive lineman until he got hurt and then um, Morgan Fox took over and really stepped up his game. To start the season, you know, we're talking about the game against Kansas City. Like the numbers aren't there, but I think there were two or three pressures or hits that were either called back or someone had a penalty. But he, I think he almost forced like two interceptions on his own because of that interior pressure. And they were so good that game, a lot of it because of him against Seattle. He absolutely folded Geno Smith in half. Um, he was really on his way to a, another career year. I think his best year, or at least at worst matching his career best in terms of run stops and pressures. And I just think no one's really talking about him because A, he's hurt. B, nobody really associates good interior defensive line play with this Chargers team, even though they maybe should. And there's some other guys that everybody else is talking about. But I think people forget that Austin Johnson, really from week one until he got hurt, was really their best interior defensive lineman, both against the run and the pass. Yeah, you want to talk about the numbers. So he got hurt... um week seven or week eight uh, nine against atlanta so in the game against atlanta after the bye okay so if you filter uh run defense uh from the interior defensive line to defensive linemen with um <clears throat> at least 50 percent of their team's run defense snaps for weeks one through nine uh Austin Johnson was second in the league uh, in run stop percentage, only behind Aaron Donald, uh, and he was <laughs> tied with Jonathan Allen. So, you know, he was having a career season in terms of run defense. Like he was um, getting a run stop uh, at, thir- at a 13% clip, which is an elite, elite level performance if he were able to do that for the whole season. So you look at what he was able to do as a run defender, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day was was kind of the bigger headliner. You know, obviously mm-hmm. we were very excited to get Sebastian Joseph Day, and and he was really really solid against the run last year. But um, you look at the two of them. You know, uh, Austin Johnson was at thirteen percent, and Sebastian Joseph Day was at ten point two across the first eight weeks. So uh, ten point two is a solid number. Like that's a, an above average run stop percentage number. Um, and, and like you mentioned, like the narrative around the Chargers defense was always like, oh, like they should draft another defensive lineman, like early, like people were wanting them to take like, uh, Mozzie Smith in the first round or like Siaki Ika in the second round. And it's like, we don't like, that's not the need like that. If you really know the Chargers, that's not what the Chargers have needed. So, 
Um, you know, we were talking about this on the Australian show yesterday, and it's like if you watch the first eight games, like the defensive tackle room was arguably the best position group on the team, you know, with the way that Austin Johnson and Smash and Joseph Day and Morgan Fox were playing. And then unfortunately everybody just kind of got injured. So there's a lot of question marks on this unit just based purely off of health, which is why I think they signed Nick Williams, obviously. But if they can come back together and if Austin Johnson can come back healthy, then Chargers fans should be very confident in this defensive tackle room. And I, and I agree. I think they're flying under the radar for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so there's there's a few ways to to go about this in terms of like flying under the radar. And um, <clears throat> I think kind of the Chargers poster child for this is Trey Pipkins. I think you, you mm. probably have to talk about him in this conversation. Um, you know, I read uh, a, it was like a top 32 offensive tackle article in the league. And, um, you know, they had Rashawn Slater at like nine. And I was like, okay, that's terrible. <laughs> um, you know, behind Colton Miller and stuff like that. Um, but Trey Pipkins wasn't on the list. And I was like starting to think like, okay, like realistically, if I'm doing <clears throat> full like top 32, you know, rankings of offensive tackles, like where exactly would Trey Pipkins rank? And like, I understand, you know, the the run blocking grade, if you look at PFF, isn't necessarily, you know, super high end for Trey Pipkins, which I, I disagree with. I think if you really sit down and watch his run blocking, I think he's a better run blocker than he is a pass protector right now. Um but what he did last season on basically one leg for half the year um, as a pass protector, I think definitely deserves mentioning. So, again, if you filter um, to 50% snaps of pass blocking for offensive tackles, um, Trey Pipkins was tied for 24th with pass blocking efficiency rating of 97.1. Um, generally speaking, you want your guys above 96.5. Um, and anything above that is is above average, in my opinion. So, you know, you, you look at this list and he's tied with Cam Robinson, who's somebody people would probably think is better than Trey Pipkins. Um, you know, he's just behind a guy like Ronnie Stanley, who in this particular list had his top five. Um, you know, he's ahead of Deion Dawkins. He's ahead of Taylor Decker, Colton Miller, um, ahead of Donovan Smith, ahead of um, guys like Mike McGlinchey. Jordan Mailata, um, Orlando Brown is lower than him on this list. So, you know, you look at statistically, and I think if you really dove into the Chargers film, I think you can make an argument that Trey Pipkins might be like the most underrated player on the team in terms of like national perception. Sorry, I couldn't find the unmute button. I was going through contracts and I was really just curious how the league valued him relative to maybe how the national media values him. Um, but they only split it by left tackle or right tackle. So it's kind of difficult for me to find exactly. Um, what is his average is what, like seven something a year? So he's uh, it was at, like 7.25 or something like that. Man, all these tackles are making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So he's he's 33rd in APY in among tackles. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. Um, left tackle I, gets a pretty big boost. Like, just like if you're an average left tackle, it's just like, okay, here's 10. <laughs> yeah, million. no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. No, I think I think I could definitely see about he'd be one of the more underrated players on the Chargers, if not the most underrated player. But then again, like I feel like there's also it's just it's so specific to Chargers fans. Like I think maybe Chargers fans get it, and right. everybody else has no idea who this guy is. 
Um, and he got hurt several times. And even the numbers were like super great. But we know because we're Chargers fans that he would pull himself back into a game on one foot, one leg and try to yeah. block players. And, and sometimes it wasn't great. Like against Denver, I believe that was like the most hurt he had been um, trying to get into that game. And he gave up either one sack or two sacks, whatever it was. And it wasn't pretty. But we know because we're Chargers fans that he was going through it. And, and he really did save the season several times by pulling himself back into those games because the alternative was was rough and so him somehow i mean how many times was he down and out three four different times on a really serious injury yeah so he, he was he was fantastic um and i can't wait to see what he does this year although i wish of course the slater zion johnson tandem is better but it would have been nice to see him with zion johnson again for a full season yeah um so he only gave up three sacks last year which mm -hmm. you know again sacks people who cite sacks as like the the most important like pass blocking metric i'm like mm -hmm. you realize that half of that is like the quarterback more so than the offensive lineman but anyways um so i go and filter like just like purely base pressures right and i'm just mm -hmm. reminded of like tristan Wirfs and lane johnson are just playing like a different sport nasty man. like <laughs> Tristan Wirfs allowed six pressures the entire season. <laughs> six, man. In that's nuts. In 15 games, he allowed six pressures. Um, Lane Johnson in 18 games, because he had the playoffs, allowed 11 pressures. Uh, just ridiculous from those two. Um, so I I guess we haven't really, I mean, we've talked a lot about the left side, right? How are you feeling about Sawyer and Pipkins on the right side? Uh, obviously, it's very early. I mean, they haven't put on any pads or anything like that, but just the idea of those two together. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I, I think it's a solid setup. I, I do not think it's as strong as the left side, of course. Um, and that's Rashawn Slater, regardless, I think makes it better than the right side. But I feel generally very confident, especially because Sawyer is now playing guard, um, which I think is just more natural. It fits. He'll be better, obviously, second year. So I do like it. I think overall it's going to be a better run blocking group on that side than a pass protecting group. I don't think they're going to be a, a poor pass protecting group either. So um, I feel good about it. I don't think they're going to be anything elite tier, but solid play on your right. Like again, your, your quote unquote worst player potentially being Sawyer or Pipkins is really phenomenal. So I, I think that it's going to be a really solid group. Yeah. You know, it's always curious to see what NFL teams do in terms of like, how do we align players? Right. Cause like, you know, the Cowboys very could have easily put uh, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin next to each other when they drafted mm. Zach Martin because he was, uh, I think he was a left tackle in college. So they could have easily said, like, left tackle, left guard. They would they chose to have one guy on each side. So it's, it's mm. always curious to see how teams do this. And obviously, you know, it depends where they're playing, right? But um, Zion's natural position being left guard makes it easier for the Chargers to say, hey, like, let's just do this. But Mm -hmm. um you know there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna perceive like the right side of the Chargers offensive line as like a weakness when i just don't think that's true i'm not gonna say that it's like an elite right side by any means but it's an above average right side of the offensive line in my opinion yeah you can do less with it than the left side it's not going to be it the ceiling is not there for that right side but it's still a good group yeah 100 um the other guy that I thought of here was Alohi Gilman. So I had mm -hmm. Arjun run some numbers in terms of like um, best coverage lineups that featured, you know, Alohi Gilman as well as uh, Jasir Taylor. So those are kind of the guys who are presumably taking on bigger roles this year without Nasir Adderley and Bryce Callahan. 
Um, so it's just interesting to look at when you see this list of coverage lineups that feature these two. And so um, the best coverage lineup that featured Alohi Gilman was him, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, Derwin, and Jasir Taylor. Um, they only played 18 snaps together. But then the second best one was Alohi, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, Michael Davis, and this year Adderley. Um, obviously, that was probably when Derwin James was out. Um, but those were the two that performed at an above average metric featuring Alohi Gilman. And so I think there's just an interesting perception around uh, Chargers fans as well as um, nationally that Alohi Gilman's kind of it might be a, a bigger weakness than than some people, some other people might think. So where are you really at with Alohi as just kind of that that fifth piece in the secondary? Because like I, I think we can all agree that you know, Asante, JC Jackson, Michael Davis, Derwin, obviously we'll all get more buzz and uh, respect, but where are you at with Alohi being that fifth piece? Um, solid with it. I, I think overall, we don't, I don't really know where the ceiling is going to be with him. I don't know how much higher it is, but he's, he's progressed every single year. And I think that it's difficult for him and even the media to just to, to shed some of what he was, which is a sixth rounder that was way down on the board and was supposed to just be drafted to be a, a special teams guy. I mean, they literally just drafted him to be a special teams guy. But then I'm watching him in camp last year and they give him this the safety three job. And it's like nobody else was playing a lot better and he was playing fantastic in camp. But, you know, they, this year, Adelaide, they want to make it work. They want to have him succeed and he deserved to be out there to start the season, but you know that didn't that clearly didn't work out. But Alohi Gilman was just solid, a solid guy. And I think if he continues, takes one more step forward and stays healthy, it's going to be one of Tom Telesco's best success stories because and or Derek Ansley's success story, Brandon Staley, whoever you want to give the credit to here, he really has taken a little bit of a step forward. I think last year a big step forward into I mean, honestly, a guy that I thought was a liability. And if you watch that Houston Texans game um, a couple of years ago, he, he couldn't get near Rex Burkhead. And it was it was kind of a mess. But then last year, he's the guy forcing fumbles. He's I mean, it was it was a gift, but he had the interception against Cleveland to really help yeah. them win that game. Um, he was the guy who covered, was it Hopkins against the Cardinals? Um, and because Murray couldn't go to that to Hopkins, he threw it to somebody else and Derwin got the pick or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, there are several moments from yeah. different you know, people who would say, hey, like, you, we don't talk about Alohi Gilman, but I was going through the film and I, I couldn't help but notice that this guy's really sound, really solid. So I feel good about him. Um, and I, I think he deserves the safety two spot. I, I could see why they don't go get John Johnson. I think at this point they have that working relationship. They, they believe in him. They believe he can be sound. So I feel I feel good about it, honestly. I feel good about him, even acknowledging, though, that there's no elite ceiling here. But good football is good football. And if you can have good football on the field, then we're feeling pretty good about the safety group. Yeah, it's uh, trending towards him being the second best pick of the 2020 draft for the Chargers. I, I, like, I think we can, which is kind of a low bar, but. <laughs> well, he's still on the team, so that's Because Joe Reed and KJ Hill are not on the team. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Joshua Kelly has been fine. We'll see what happens there. But mm -hmm. I, I think what a low he would did down the stretch last season is probably better than anything Joshua Kelly has put out. Is that mm -hmm. safe to say? Uh, yes, because he's at least been a consistent presence. Yeah. Um, 
it's tough though because like Kelly has those moments, right? And 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 he's been excellent in some excellent moments. Um, but Gilman's just there, and he's healthy typically, and he's available, and now he's playing sound. So that's more valuable, I think, than than Joshua Kelly right now. Yeah, I I would agree with that, and I think that's that's the thing that the Chargers are looking for with when it comes to safeties is like they need guys who can just be solid and not make mistakes and you know i think that's what alohi gilman gives them is he's just he's going to be in the right positions he's going to be uh you know a smart football player and he's going to be around the football like i think that's that's what they want at minimum from their safeties and then we'll see if you know you can get some improvement from the other guys so um long term wise i'm curious because the, the chargers have always kind of had this like kind of log jam at safety that's allowed them to or not allow them, maybe kind of force their hand to let guys walk, you know, whether that was Adrian Phillips, whether it was Rayshon Jenkins, they've always had kind of like two or three guys behind the pending free agent that it's like, okay, like I can justify maybe letting this guy walk. They don't really have that, at least not yet with uh, this safety room behind him. So, um, I mean, behind Alohi is, is an issue. You know, there's a comment in early in the chat, like what happens if Alohi gets injured? It's like, well, <laughs> don't feel great about it because you have, you know, seventh round Mark Webb, who's now on a practice squad contract. You have undrafted free agent um, Raheem Lane, undrafted free agent, um, I forget his first name, Finley. And so you don't necessarily have a lot of guys behind Alohi where it's like, if he plays really, really well this year, I feel like you probably have to re-sign him and he's not going to cost a ton just because you don't have people behind him. Yeah, that's a tough one. Well, you like you said, he won't cost a ton. I don't know what the safety market was like this past season, but I can't imagine. Good. Yeah, I, I can't imagine there's a big contract on the way for him. Um, he, he's never even going to. He's never going to be the star in the secondary. Like he's literally behind everyone in terms of superstardom and, and played making. And, and that's no offense to him or anything. It's just yeah, it, on the market in the NFL, there's a lot of biases, and one of them is he's a sixth round pick. He was a special teams player. Um, theoretically the defense could not be good and it hasn't been good and that could sort of be associated with him fair or not it's just how things work Um, Morgan Fox is more the journeyman of course but like we saw him have a really good season but the association with the defense and him being a journeyman and being a fifth or sixth round pick whatever he was yeah you know couldn't get any money on the open market so I think Alohi Gilman and we talked about with the Thunder Down Under podcast the Austin Eckler I don't think he's going to be back. Um, they have no money. But Alohi Gilman, especially with like what I assume they would do, which is like a two-year deal, really one, year one is low, that sort of thing. Yeah. I could actually see him being back. And I, I don't see why not. The only, the only reason he really wouldn't be back if he has good play is that the team is not good and everyone goes. Like If everybody goes, I don't think Alohi Gilman is back. Um, yeah, some good. guy wants to bring in their own guy. But we hope they do well. Um, I don't know. Everyone's saying JT Woods. I don't know, man. Like even Trey Pipkins, their third round pick, a project who they developed, they kept finding other guys. It really until year four, when they probably could have found another guy, but they almost had no choice at that point. And then he got to do his thing. So yeah, JT Woods is. I mean that that makes sense, right? You drafted him to be that next guy, but I don't know yet. I think I think right now you have to start thinking of Alohi Gilman as your starter. 
um, until JT Woods proves otherwise. And I don't know if he'll ever get a chance to. Like, in theory, JT Woods isn't on the field all that much this year because of Alohi Gilman. If Alohi Gilman's playing well, how do you evaluate JT Woods? You really can't. So, yeah, I don't know. I think JT Woods is a guy, like we talked about before, I think this is a maybe a next year sort of conversation. I don't know. Yeah, with JT Woods, I think, like, He's I don't I don't know where the the snaps are going to come for him for him to like really like have a strong evaluation if everybody's healthy because, you know, they're going to go nickel and the guys in the slot. It's going to be Asante just here if everybody else is healthy, obviously, you know, Dermal will take some snaps in the slot. And that's that's like their nickel group. Right. And if you go into dime package like, yeah, you're going to have some snaps for JT, but. Like your best six is is does I don't think it includes JT Woods. If you're talking about just like best six defensive backs, I don't think it does. So it it's gonna be interesting to see how they incorporate him and maybe kind of simple simplify some things. Um, because I've I've thought about like you know, simplifying things in terms of Alohi and JT and just letting Derwin James like play more around the box. And obviously we we saw him taking some edge rush snaps this week with Joey and Cleo, which is super fun. Um so maybe that's a way that you can get JT Woods on the field and just like have it be a, a simplified package where, you know, 10 snaps a game, Derwin gets to come up, you know, rush the passer, play dime linebacker, whatever the case may be. And you just have JT Woods play center field back there and just let him kind of roam around. But then it's like, how are you really getting an evaluation of where he's at? Because we know he can roam around the field. Like that's what he does best. The issues are like tackling and like making reads up front and in front of him. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle his evaluation this year. Um, obviously, if they sign a guy like JT Woods, or not JT Woods, obviously, if they sign John Johnson or some other safety, then that pushes him back down to safety four and potentially inactive on game days for Raheem Lane because Raheem Lane plays special teams and JT Woods does not. So there's a lot of give and take here with like, are you signing somebody? Are you not signing somebody? Because it's like, if you sign another safety, it, it, it's almost like you're just giving up on year two for JT Woods, just like you did for year one. And it's not like they haven't done it before. I mean, if yeah. anyone's been a Chargers fan watching these third rounders, yeah, I'll throw out the names of Craig Mager and Chris Watt and guys who, and all those guys got more playing time than JT Woods. So yep. as unfortunate as it is, this third rounder pick for whatever reason, for the most part, obviously there's a Keenan Allen guy, <laughs> and Trey. They, they, they in Trey in year four, right? Because they had nobody else, honestly. Like it wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if they go. I mean, oops, like we, we really kind of didn't hit on that one. And again, if, if I mean Raheem Lane is it seems Ryan Ficken's guy, like by all accounts, Ryan Ficken went, No, no, I want that guy to play special teams for me. And then he did, and then he exceeded expectations. He did exactly what Ryan Ficken needed. Again, watch the Miami game. Please go kill that guy. Okay. You know, against the Colts. Go down and make a special teams tackle. Okay. Knocks a guy out at the 18 or whatever. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're going to take that guy off the roster, especially in a year where now you don't have Troy Reader. So you might need another special teams guy on the roster. Like, and JT Woods doesn't play special teams. Um, so I'm honestly wondering if even, I hope not, because he's super talented and there are so many good things he did in college. But, I'm I'm honestly wondering what his roster like. He almost feels roster bubbled to me mm-hmm. over someone like Raheem Lane because, listen, if Ficken wants you to play special teams, you're not saying no to that, um, yeah. regardless of what you invested in him. So, 
we'll see. But the Chargers and third round picks haven't always hit, and it's it's kind of been like a okay, you got you know we tried, but we're gonna move on or something. So we'll see. Yeah, Raheem Lane, I feel like is uh, being slept on by Chargers fans when it comes mm-hmm. to like roster predictions because I feel like you know this always happens right like a new batch of undrafted free agents get signed and it's like oh like we really like this finley guy and so he's gonna make the roster over raheem lane it's like sure eh. i don't know man uh, ryan Ficken loves this guy and uh he did some great things on special teams so um i i think we should be almost looking at raheem lane as as a roster lock just because he's so good on special teams and ryan Ficken loves him yeah and he's the guy that can play the box snaps that I think some of the other guys, like JT Woods is not going to be a box safety. So if you want to right. diversify a little bit, he can also do that. So you have, you know, Derman can play all over. Gilman probably plays maybe a bit more back, but he can do some things. Um, but Lane can play closer to the box. And if you were line of scrimmage, and if you were at camp and, and got to see some of the Raheem Lane plays, even at the scrimmage, it was like you know, DeAndre Carter on a jet sweep and he knocked him for, you know, minus two yards or whatever it was. Um, could cover well. The only other guy I saw outside of Bryce Callahan who could cover Donald Parham in the end zone. Like, there's a lot there, especially as a former corner, which he was, um, to really like. So, I, I think he might be what Mark Webb and you know they wanted Mark Webb to be. Yeah. And I mean, he he currently is because Mark Webb is on the practice squad and Raheem Lane was not, at least until I mean, once he got elevated to the uh, the roster. So, yeah, I, I think the Chargers fans and he Raheem Lane was going to be the other guy I brought up. That was an underrated charger because we're all talking about, you know, JT Woods ascension and we hope it happens. And we're talking about these guys and that guys, but you know, push comes to shove, they're going to need him for special teams at minimum. And he might play some games this year. Um, if Derwin James gets hurt or somebody else gets hurt and they, and they trust him more. Yeah, they do trust him more. So, um, Mark Webb is still on the roster. I'm sure he'll have, you know, a week in training camp where he'll be awesome because that's what he does every oh, single year. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's just like defensive version of Jason Moore, apparently. Uh, that's his <laughs> oh, that's no. his career arc, maybe. Great. Um, <laughs> so we'll see there. But no, I think they're legitimately excited about Raheem Lane. And like you mentioned, I'm glad you brought, brought him up in terms of like the box role because that's what he did against the Colts, right? Like Derwin James goes out and Raheem Lane was the guy that they put in the box. And I thought that he played really well in that particular matchup. So um lane is a guy that i think you know flying on the radar amongst chargers fans for sure mm-hmm. uh i don't think it was a Colts though or was it uh I yeah because derwin had the concussion and then i'm pretty sure lane was the was the next guy up uh he's got no snaps oh in that game so Shit. <laughs> uh Rams, seven snaps denver 15 snaps maybe, maybe it was the broncos game broncos game yeah, I don't know. Horse mascot. Horse mascot, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that works. Sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. So who played against the... Who came in for Derwin? And who, was it just a low in this year? Um, well, now I can look that up. So engage with the chat and I'll figure it out. All right. Okay. Any guess what week that was? 14. That was 14, yeah. Was it? No, nope, was 15? it? Okay, 15. Here we go. All righty. Nope. <laughs> it was the 13. No, that's the Raiders game. I'm going 16? the wrong way, aren't I? 16. Uh, yes, 16. Okay, hang in there, guys. <laughs> All righty. So, Chargers snaps. 
defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the, it was the obvious answer. It was Alohi Gilman. So, um, well, I mean, Nasir Adderley played 52 snaps too, but he was the starter. So um, then it was Gilman. Gotcha. All right. My mistake. I feel like I remembered him playing in that game. Must have been the special team stuff. Oh, yeah. No, definitely special teams. He had the huge special teams play. Um, big tackle that game. Um, all right, Tyler, anybody else you want to bring up that's uh, flying on the radar? Not really. Like, maybe Alohi Gilman, but is any, is he really flying under the radar? I don't even know. Because if even who was it uh, who posted, like, a bunch of Herbert best deep throws, you know, clips or whatever, and it's like, oh, there's Gilman. Or not Gilman. There's Guyton. There's Guyton. There's Guyton. Oh, you're talking about Jalen Guyton. Did I say Alohi Gilman again? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was awkward. We're doing great. Uh, we should just go back to talking about movies. Uh, no, <laughs> Jalen Guyton, excuse me. Jalen Guyton, I think, is certainly flying under the radar, uh, but not not really for Chargers fans. I think we know how important he is to Herbert. Um, it's just curious. We'll, we'll see what they do about roster construction. Yeah, so Jalen hasn't um, started practicing yet. He's still in the injured conversation according to Daniel Popper this week. So it, that's to be expected. I mean, towards ACL in week three. So theoretically, he should be maybe getting some reps like once preseason starts. I think that's probably feels comfortable for him, but he might be a, a pup list guy to start the season along with, you know, uh, potentially Otito, Austin Johnson. We'll see how that one goes. Um, things seem pretty positive on the Austin Johnson front, though. I, I feel like that one is is probably the injury recovery that you feel best about at this point. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, I think with Jalen Guyton, I think if he's healthy, then the Chargers run six deep at wide receiver and you feel really good about that, that six. Yep. I hope they keep six. <clears throat> it would be nice. It would be a good change. <laughs> Which, but then is like, okay, then if Raheem Ling has the roster spot for defense, does JT Woods a cut candidate? Like you got to make a, a move somewhere. So, I don't know. We'll talk about it in a few months. but Yeah, we'll get to uh, some 53 predictions at some point. We'll do um, probably before camp like we did last year and then after camp. And so we'll, we'll kind of see how it compares, but it should be fun. Mm-hmm. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our under the radar segment. So if you guys in the chat have some questions, uh, feel free to ask those. As always, the super chats are appreciated. Um, that will make sure that you get your question answered. So, Alrighty, from Thomas Martinez, with Jaw Taylor expected to be a starter slash defensive contributor, who would you bet to be the gunner opposite of Dean Leonard? Mm, gunner opposite of Dean Leonard. So last year, I'm trying to remember who was getting reps at gunner. I remember Michael Davis was. That's obviously not happening this year. <laughs> right. Um, Ryan Ficken mentioned uh, that he wouldn't rule out Deion Henley getting snaps at Gunner. I don't mm. think he's that fast, like NFL fast at Gunner is different, obviously, than college. Um, so I'm trying to think who else it would be. I think that could be a spot for Raheem Lane if they mm-hmm. want to move him outside. Um, that could be a spot for Jalen Guyton if he's healthy. I know he's done that in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts here? If we assume they're going to have to force it, I, I think they might have to. It might be JT Woods. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's your fastest player on defense, and you yeah. have to find some reason for him to exist on your roster if he's not starting on defense or he's playing you know a couple snaps a game. So probably him. Um, his rookie season, I don't think this will happen, but Josh Palmer was taking some some reps there. Um, last year, they, they were kind of working through the cycle of having Asante Samuel Jr. play some gunner as well. Like if he's he's not starting like if it's michael davis eventually in the season if it's davis taylor and jackson that are starting i mean he might have to and if that sounds crazy maybe it sort of is but michael davis was paid nine million dollars last year and they were gonna make him a gunner the entire season uh which is still crazy because then he was so freaking good yeah but i mean you know with with ficken most everybody is going to play special teams in camp you know outside of you're making a ton of money Otherwise, you're playing. You know, we might need you to play some special teams. So um, I think you'll see a rotation of of Palmer, of Lane, of Woods. I think it kind of has to be Woods at some point. Yeah. If nothing else, like get him some tackling experience, get him some action out there, flying downhill, evaluate him that way if he can't get on defense. So I guess I would bet JT Woods because they kind of have to make him do something. Yeah, and I think if... If JC is healthy, right, and they choose to start Asante, which they certainly could, I think that's definitely a realistic possibility in the slot, then Jock can still be a, a gunner as your CB4. I think totally. that's still a possibility too. So um, obviously this depends on JC's health more than probably anything else. But mm-hmm. if Jaw is starting, then I think f- almost forcing it with JT Woods would make a lot of sense. I mean, he's got... Very similar size profile to Dean, actually, in terms of just like his height, weight, speed aspect of things. And like you mentioned, you know, this is a way for him to to get some valuable snaps on the team, too. So um, if anybody can make it work, uh, Ryan Ficken can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon asking if I have played Pokemon yet. Uh, no, not <sighs> my plans. And that's why you go to movies by yourself. <laughs> 
Uh, Jorge wants to know what games you guys are going to. So Tyler's a season ticket holder, so he'll be at most all of them. There's usually one that he uh, has this conflict with or something like that and has to mm-hmm. sell. But for the most part, you'll be at all of them. Are you planning on any road games? No, I might just because... So you've met my aunt and uncle. My uncle's a Vikings fan. They live out in Vegas. Vikings are traveling to Vegas. So maybe I'll go watch the Raiders versus Vikings with my dad and my uncle. But like, I'm, that's no rooting interest for me. It's just yeah. hanging out with my family. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge fan of, of going to road games. I don't have the time typically, but I yeah. might this year. Um, if I did go on a, to a road game, it'd be the playoffs. And again, like my mom and I were booking tickets, flights, and looking at places to go um, to take on the Chiefs. Uh, we were ready to watch that playoff game last year, like in, at halftime of that Jags game. <laughs> so we had every intention of going. We were looking at flights, and then we didn't buy them for some reason. Yeah, what 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 was that reason? I wonder what happened there. Um. Yeah, so we're we'll definitely be at the Bills game. Um, that's mm-hmm. a game that um, my in-laws are all excited about because they love Josh Allen, and my sister-in-law has a huge crush on Dalton Kincaid, um, and obviously, you know, it works <laughs> out because it's over Christmas break. So, you know, that one should be fun. Um, otherwise, you know, we'll see during the during the middle of the season. We'll definitely come down for one. Um, the Bears game is is kind of one that I'm not like circling in terms of excitement, but it's the one that works out best for my schedule. Yeah. Um, so that one might be a possibility. Um, the Lions game also works out for my schedule. So those two, I think, would be most likely. NFL road games are, I think they're fun. Like me and you had a great time at the Raiders game two years ago outside of the win, outside of the performance. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I think it's, I think traveling to road NFL games is, is a tad overrated. Like I love traveling to road college games. It's so much more fun to me. Mm. We do that all the time for Utah games, but um, traveling for NFL games, I think is, is, is a tad overrated. Plus like you never know like what fan, what NFL fans are really like in terms of like handling opposing fans. Like, some people are like really excited about going to the Jets games and the Jets game this year. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I won't say anything, but there might be one reason I'd want to go to see the Jets this year. Um, otherwise, I, actually, I, I might, you know, Steven, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 okay, I don't know what you can message me later. I'm confused right now. <laughs> Oh well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it out loud. But here, here's it is in the private chat. There you go. Um, that's the only reason I would go to New York to watch the Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you now. Okay, so sorry, uh, did not make that connection. That's all good. No, it's just really weird. People are wondering. Um, I guess Thomas says you should be rooting for the Vikings in that matchup. I I look. Everyone hates it, but. When they're not playing the Chargers, and if I'm with my dad, I'm rooting for the Raiders to win. Like, well, there's nothing in there. Like, oh, I have to root against them because I want them to be bad. Like, dude, they're going to be bad on their own. If I root for them for a couple of games, it ain't going to make a difference. Um, <laughs> they're still going to win three games this year or four games, whatever it is. So as long as they're not playing the Chargers, I root for them. They're playing the Chiefs. I'm a Raiders fan. They're playing the Broncos. Yeah, I'm a Raiders fan. Like, I want them to go beat the Chiefs finally. Um I won't really root for the Vikings. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. The Raiders are not good enough for me to be like, Oh, I should root against them so they can have a bad record. Like they're going to do that on their own. 
Like Brian Hoy is going to do that on his own. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I've never been like a root against guy. Like I, I think at the end of the day, your team has to take care of their business first and foremost. And if you're like rooting against other teams, it's mm. that's not a good thing. <laughs> that means your team is struggling. So yeah, um, like I don't, I don't watch other AFC West games and be like, oh man, like I. You know, the Jets have to beat the Broncos today. It's like, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. So mm-hmm. college-wise, definitely I want USC to lose every single game, you know, that they play. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But, you know, I think that's just a different different level of importance and rivalry, I feel like. I mean, I I definitely do not like the Raiders. Obviously, you have a different connection with them because of your dad. But mm-hmm. I don't, like, go into every single game thinking, like, oh, the Raiders have to lose today. Like, I, it's just not the same as college, you know. It's, it's it's different. Yeah, for me generally, obviously my favorite team is the Chargers. My next favorite team is whoever's playing the Patriots or Chiefs. Like those are my next two favorite teams. Uh, whoever whoever's playing those teams, I root for them. So if it happens to be the Raiders, great. Um, I I just root for my dad to be happy, you know, like to have some <laughs> happiness as a Raiders fan. Your dad's had a lot of misery over the last twenty years as a Raiders fan for sure. Totally, totally. So you know when when they that crazy play against the Patriots happened. You know, there's, there's a video of me celebrating the win against whoever the Chargers were playing because um, there's a game-winning field goal. And then right as he's filming me watching the Chargers win that game, I see that they get the notification that the the, Char- the Raiders beat the Patriots because Chandler Jones had a, you know, fumble six or whatever, that pitch six, whatever mm. that was in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at my dad and I'm excited for him. So, yeah, I don't like the Raiders. I love my dad. Um, and I root for him yeah. there. <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah, I mean, like people who root against AFC West teams, I get it. Like, I, I just like my NFL fandom is not that like nature wise. Like, I think, you know, the Chargers can be good without needing me to root for other teams to lose. And also there's like. Playoff seeding wise, like at that point, yes, like I want, I will root against teams to for the Chargers to get better seeding and stuff like that. Like down the stretch last year, I was definitely rooting for um, like the Dolphins to lose games because that was good for the Chargers. Like that happens, but like, sure, I don't go into week one thinking like, oh man, like the Dolphins or not the Dolphins. Obviously, that's a bad example because I play the Chargers this year. <laughs> like, oh man, like I need the Bills to beat the Broncos because like I hate the Broncos. Like I, I don't do that. I understand people who do, but. You know, that's just not how I look at things. Yeah. And again, like, I mean, there were two games last year where I think a lot of people were semi Raiders fans for a moment because they were close yeah. to beating the Chiefs in those games. Am I thinking of the wrong years? I don't know. But that might have been 2021. I don't know. So there's not a lot of cheering when the Raiders play the Chiefs. Once it once it gets to playoff seating, yes, I will root against teams. But like in week two, I'm like, eh, I don't really care right now. Yeah. I don't remember what I usually do. Typically, it's like the when the playoffs hit and the Chargers aren't in it, um, I try to root for like the AFC team. And I like I'll typically root for the Chiefs then because I want like the AFC West team to win or something. But I don't know. Like the Chiefs, are the team I don't like. That's the team I hope loses. Like I root for them to lose because I need it to happen. We need it to happen, yeah. man. At some point, it's not working. Um, me rooting against the Chiefs is not hurting them at all. Uh, but me cheering for the Raiders is clearly not helping at all either. Um, yeah. You know, the the Chiefs have been hard for me to dislike recently 
because uh, I mean, Alex Smith went to the University of Utah and he was one of the best Utah players of all time, right? And so that was always tough for me. And my brother served an, an LDS mission in Philadelphia when Andy Reid was still there. And Andy Reid like hosted them for steak dinners a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's this like kind of familial connection to Andy Reid that we've always had. And so, the Chiefs have been hard for me to like dislike. Like, obviously, I want them to stop winning the division, hundred <laughs> percent. But it's not like like I don't yeah. hate the Chiefs. Like for me, the AFC West team that I dislike the most has always been the Broncos because oh, okay, I grew up in Utah. The Broncos were the local team, mm. and I hated it. I hated the fact that the Broncos got more local love mm. in in salt lake city utah than the chargers did you know my i was just delusional at the time so mm-hmm. i've and then when i was a kid too that like that was the rivers jay cutler stuff i hated jay cutler you know and then <laughs> yeah. they got josh mcdaniels and tim tebow and i hated that and so it was like <laughs> for me the, the afc west team that i've always disliked the most and also they can never win at denver it's so annoying i hate it so the afc west team that i've always disliked the most has always been the broncos yeah Mm. sorry everyone in the chat yeah sorry you don't like us anymore (laughs) um next question here zach tracy wants to know of all the quarterbacks in the league who gets the most rushing yards and touchdowns i feel like justin fields Fields, yeah yeah would be the favorite there um maybe josh allen this year who was even close last like was fields like by far the number didn't he have a thousand rushing yards or am i crazy or is that just Lamar? he did he did um lamar got injured so i don't think he was up there but i can look sure. obviously rushing grades oh, are you doing all... it too yes although why don't, why don't they just have like a quarterback option why is it just non-running back okay um yards fields by 242 yards <laughs> um although he only had let's see eight touchdowns jalen hurts had 18 rushing touchdowns because of that god tier QB uh, hurts too. Yeah, hurts mm-hmm. is a good one. Yeah. So hurts, I mean, geez, hurts had 18 rushing touchdowns. I guess that's you have to consider him the favorite. So, but yards probably fields. Yeah, fields, I think, would have to be the favorite there. Hurts probably in that conversation too. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Ravens are gonna use Lamar less as a runner. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I don't see why Fields' game would change as much. I think Lamar, yeah, I think the rushing would go down in, in a, like a good, you know, we just paid you a lot of money sort of way. And we want to throw it more. Yeah, and throwing it more, I think, makes sense. Like they, like halfway through the season, they were starting like Deshaun Jackson and Demarcus Robinson at wide receiver. And <laughs> Devin Duvernay, like who's a really good returner, like was their sure. stock guy. And this year it's going to be Odell, um obviously zay flowers rashad bateman should be back healthy and they signed mm-hmm. nelson Aguilar too so they like they really were very you know adamant in upgrading their wide receiver room so mm-hmm. i think the ravens are going to throw more than we are used to seeing yeah it would be strange for them not to you would have wasted all your resources like you would have just stuck with greg roman then and run it more yeah um sweet jumps wants to know if there's any hype on the ucla tight end on the roster I have not watched him, so I don't know. And we really won't know until they get pads on. Michael is uh, Ezeke, Ezeke, I don't know. 
E-Z-E-I-K-E. How would you say that? I have to see it. <laughs> I feel like it, it wasn't Ezeki or whatever. Michael. Ezeki. That makes sense. Or Ezeki. Ike. Ezeki. Um, I mean, he UCLA did not use him a ton. I want to say he was like a former wide receiver. So I think he's got an interesting athletic profile. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he beats out Stone Smart for like that tight end four role, but um, you know, I'll have to see once they really get pads on and stuff like that. And they could still sign a tight end. So I think it's going to be tough. I think they're going to carry three this year um, unless they sign somebody else, like a, a nice veteran that they like. But I think as of now, I would I would say they only carry three tight ends this year. Yeah, I think at this point they're going to have to because they'll have to make up the spot somewhere. Looking for some questions. Weapon X said he feels dirty shower time when we were talking about not hating the Raiders. <laughs> Sorry, oh, guys. Man. Yeah, I just I don't. They're not good. Like, what do I what do I hate about them? Like, they're they're not even they're never good. So it's kind of yeah. just it's just pity, honestly. It's watching them for all my life. It's just like, what, what do I hate about them? Um, I sometimes hate the people that are on the team. Um, I think sure. sometimes they can be complete douches, um, but. <laughs> Raiders, Russia, North Korea, Kansas City, and Denver. Okay, I'm not going that far either. <laughs> That's Nor stretch. do I align with North Korea or Russia because I like the Raiders. Just FYI. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just generally speaking, because a couple people will ask something similar. Any shot Henley beats Kenneth Murray out to start the season? To start the season, no. I think there's a chance that Henley works his way into the lineup because uh, just it takes them a little bit. And he, the Chargers are very deliberate with like how they ease their rookies into things. So I would expect Kenneth Murray to start the season, but I do think like maybe midway through the year they they might feel like they uh, might need to make a change to get Henley in there for Murray. I think that's possible. But to yeah. start the season, I, I expect Murray to be the starter. I would agree, because even Jerry Tillery was. I think Jerry yeah. Tillery was worse. I don't know. I, I think that's fair. Murray I had to think about it. Murray at least like gives you some moments, you know, of consistency. Like if you watch like the Niners game, Kenneth Murray was really really good in that game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jerry Tillery, it's like a couple plays here and there, but Murray has had like good games more consistently than Tillery. Hmm. Yeah, I hope he does well. But then they're gonna move. Like they're not keeping him. If this is the linebacker that they end up keeping, I'd be darn surprised. Yeah, I, I think starting rotation will be Kendricks and Murray. I think they'll play a lot of uh, penny package with just Kendricks this year, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of see where Henley's at, kind of midway through the season. Yeah. Um, Owen Timmons wants to know, do we see any Chargers getting traded before the trade deadline? I would think not because that means that the Chargers would be bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the kickers is definitely getting traded, but that's Mm -hmm. before the season even starts. So I don't know if that qualifies here, but, um, you know, the Chargers haven't really traded anybody 
before the deadline since Desmond King. Hmm. And it's not really something they do a whole lot. I feel like they would just end up cutting somebody mm -hmm. like they did with Tillery. Yeah, unless they... Maybe the roster construction is terrible and they want to move on from like they, they need a spot. So they trade Jalen Guyton or something, maybe. Yeah. Um, but even then, that would be weird. Uh, the most valuable player that they have who could also not be starting would be potentially Asante Samuel Jr. Now, why would you trade him knowing all the injuries and things that could happen? I don't know. I wouldn't do it. But their most valuable asset that could legitimately like get some sort of value on the market, but also he's not even playing as a starter at the deadline, could be Asante Samuel Jr. Or I guess if they go the other way, it could be Michael Davis. But I, I that would be a shocker to me. Both wouldn't make any sense. But if we're trying to think of somebody, like if Asante Samuel Jr. is not starting, you know, that's just what it is. Like he's not starting. And so if, if they don't believe in him to defend the run at all, and they don't believe him as, as a starter, then trade him somewhere else. Yeah. Which I think is stupid, but I just, to clarify, I don't want to do that, but I'm trying to think of an yeah. answer here. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, logically that, that would track for like what you're looking for in terms of a trade deadline target. Mm -hmm. um, a cornerback who has a higher profile, who's not playing a ton, I think that would... That would make sense. So it depends on the role there. Mm -hmm. um, I could maybe see a world where they consider trading a wide receiver at some point down the road. You know, if they keep six and, mm -hmm. you know, um, Kellen Moore just kind of leans in more into Jalen Guyton as opposed to Josh Palmer. Like, mm -hmm. I would be shocked if that happened. But, like, we've seen crazier things. Like, maybe they just feel like they need that speed out there and Josh Palmer is just not playing a ton. Mm -hmm. That's a good call. I could maybe see them moving on from him and hey, we have this Quentin Johnson guy, like we're good. Quentin's playing really well. Josh just kind of naturally is maybe a little bit out of the rotation. I think outside chance there, but um kicker trade will definitely happen. Anything else I think is significantly much less likely. Yeah. Last name would be maybe Kenneth Murray. If by then they've already made the transition to Dayon Henley and you're not really gonna have your first rounder out there playing special teams. Has he at all? I don't know. Um, so yeah, maybe him. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think it happens. I don't think so either. Um, all right, Tyler, I think that's a good place to stop. Unless you had another question you wanted to hit. Uh, nope, I think we're good. <laughs> Thomas Martinez said someone may tweet his way out. Very possible as well. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not Keenan. He's, he's, he's you know, he he was vocal last year. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys, uh, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for the chat. Appreciate you guys. Uh, if you are just listening to this, make sure to leave us a rating or review. Uh, watching this on replay, make sure to subscribe, like, and uh, comment. We're going to have a super fun episode on the Chargers feed on Tuesday. Can't wait for that to uh, come out with you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll uh, keep you posted. A little teaser there. Don't want to reveal too much, but we will have a fun guest on the show to, to do some fun uh, conversations with. So, It'll be a lot of fun. All right, Tyler, appreciate you as well. I hope you have a good weekend on your own this week, and uh, we'll talk to everybody else later. Appreciate you guys.